and welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester, this is Sam Bradley, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons! Sammy boy, how you doing my friend? I'm very, very well, working on a couple of extra little projects, um, been character building recently, mm. obviously Tashes has helped with that for a couple more campaigns I uh, eagerly anticipate being part of, shall we say, one of which is being DM'd by your good self, so excited for that, um, and then Christmas, so just eating piles of roast dinner cold <laughs> between slices of bread, how about you my friend? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, obviously, we have been looking at the Tasha's uh, source book that's been recent, uh, released recently. Um, so I've actually just been taking some deep dives into areas of that and then seeing how I can apply it to other areas of the campaign. Um, Sam, mm. this is our first yep. official podcast under the Robots Radio Network. Yes, it is, my friend. Yes, it is. Exciting times are here. That they are. So for the uninitiated, um, you may have heard a couple of weeks back, we said that this was coming. So what does that mean to your podcasting listening experience? Good news is very little will change. It'll still be me and Sam having a chat (laughs) in the way that we do. Um, But Basically, nothing will change. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing you're going to see is there will be a small ad break uh, at the beginning of the show and some stuff uh, at the end. That's the only thing that's going to change. And all that is, is hopefully us basically showing you other podcasts that should also be something that you should be interested in. And they will all be under the Robots Radio banner. Now, definitely. Interestingly enough, um, this week we will be bringing you something a little bit different. Our first ever starter set interview. Pause for ooze. Oh, sorry. Whoop, 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 whoop. I thought you were going to do something. I thought it was a bit. I thought you were leading me. I thought the guy we were interviewing was going to ask me about social cues or something, the social networking no. stuff, because that's what usually happens yeah, around usually, about now. But no, I'm just going to go straight into it, Sam. Don't worry about that. I'm sure people will find it. <laughs> Hundred episodes in. <laughs> so, we... Yes, our first ever Starter Set interview. Now, this has become around because one of the other individuals from the network has been working on a very popular supplement within the DMs Guild. That is Tasha's Crucible of Everything Else. Yeah. And we thought, what a way to finish up our little deep dive and arc where we look into the Tasha's Cauldron of Everything to point you guys basically in the direction of more content like the stuff we've been talking about. In a minute, you're going to hear Ed and me, and we're going to be talking to Stuart Watkinson from the D&D Lawcast, uh, which is also on the Robots Radio Network, and he's going to be talking to us about his work on Tasha's Crucible of Everything Else, but first, just a little bit of network capitalism. Roll the ad. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lawcast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And... We're on the Robots Radio Network, so if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. 
Yes, so hello Stuart and welcome to our first ever Starter Set interview. Um, thank you very much for coming on to the show. As we've just mentioned, undoubtedly in the world that is podcast editing, we'll see if this makes it in or back out again. Um, Stuart has been an individual, has worked on, to, on some fantastic elements that have come off the back of Tasha's Cauldron. Number three, I think, in the uh, DMs Guild hot list at the moment. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, number three, it sort of has been ranging... Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm Stuart. Uh, it uh, has been uh, ranging between one and two and three for the last two months, which has been awesome. Um, yeah, uh, Tasha's crucible of everything else. It's really great. It's, it's, And I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, although it does help. I've been looking at it the last couple of days and it's like Tasha's is a good sort of bolt-on fill-in for a lot of elements within the game anyway is what I'm mm-hmm. like what I've been discovering like little bits where you kind of had to homebrew it before stuff like group patrons and stuff but mm-hmm. your piece the crucible of everything else is like a bolt onto the bolt on. Now I know you worked on the element, was it the criminal downtime expanded list? Yeah. Which as someone whose campaign basically read like the wire by way of Middle Earth, I <laughs> wish I'd had a couple of months ago to a year ago. Yeah. I guess first off, like I'm really interested on how you become part of a project like this because it's a, a huge collaborative effort we should say really is yeah yeah um so the lead designer was uh andrew weckler or welker um and he he put a, a shout out on the um dm's guild discord saying hey if you've got anything you've been working on uh which could be classes or races or magic items or any sort of DM tools. Um, here's a like an application form. Throw in your ideas here, and we'll go from there. And he had like I think he had about thirty or forty people throw in their ideas, um, and selected which ones to include. And 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 I think in the end there was about twenty odd uh, people that were included in in this. Um, but it was too much, and there's actually like so the, the 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 thing was so big that it's now been broken into two volumes. So volume two, I believe, is coming out in um, January sometime. Um, but yeah, huge project, and and like Andrew, super organized. Like the fir- the first email was like, "Hi, this is T minus ten. We're going to do this in ten weeks." Uh, <laughs> and so this is the pro- that like this like your writing needs to be done, um, you know, T minus three, and then it's going to everybody else, and they're going to read through it and give you feedback, and then you're going to work on that feedback for a week, and then it's going to get edited by an editor, and then we're going to do play testing, and then you're going to do more changes, um, and it was super organized, but also never felt super pressured personally like I like it was like okay I've got two weeks to do the writing no worries and you know sometimes that would be like oh well it's I don't know. I, it's helpful that I'm in Australia and in the future so that I could wake up on you know due dates uh, Saturday night I could wake up on Sunday morning and, and finish off my writing but um yeah huge project uh, and you know uh, Andrew did a, an amazing job pulling all this together yeah it's a really intricate piece of work like reading through it and obviously you worked on a, a, an element of it which we'll come to in a minute but the whole thing i think 
it's one of the best sort of marriages of here's some new homebrew stuff but married to the traditional D&D layout style artwork mm-hmm. wording was that like a difficult thing for you to do or are you relatively well versed in that stuff anyway that it was easy to sort of slip into that tone of voice and just go uh yes and no i've i've so i've done a lot of uh, like fiction writing in the past and i have i really have my own style so i do i personally find writing in uh D textbook style <laughs> a little bit difficult um however there, there's like there's a there's a style guide you can follow which is helpful um in some respects you know if you if you can understand the style guide it can be quite easy to to put that into mm-hmm. um we we did do a lot of um so there was a lot of peer review which was really cool so it, it, we sort of each person was given about i think about 10 different parts of the book to go through uh, and they might be i think there was one larger piece each and then three smaller pieces and then you know you know four or five of the maybe just a class or magic items or yeah something like that uh where we we everybody went through and then sort of gave that feedback on 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 how things should be worded and whether or not certain wording fits and 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 then also we had some uh some more experienced writers you know that were also more versed in you know rpg speak yeah uh, that also uh gave us a bit of help with that um because I, I definitely have a more conversational tone in my writing, which doesn't always translate well into D and D stuff. Especially in like a world where people are very much like, well, the wording of the spell is this, so roll that yeah. shit back, DM. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you've got to watch out for your rules lawyers in that sort of environment. Um, with with the with what you've just spoken about, and this is this I kind of want to put across to listeners. So, would you say, as far as your creative element when it comes to making your own content or extrapolating content out from a book is that all about for you personally do you, are you a write it down sort of dm or are you a make it up on the fly and then figure it out the back end of it how, how like when it comes to this sort of stuff what's your creative process a <laughs> uh, bit of both uh so when i'm dming i i'm a classic fake note taker <laughs> oh i'm definitely writing this down and then it's like packet of chips is what i've you know like i just don't (laughs) and and i'll then go back and it depends what it is sometimes like if it's something really good has happened in a session that i want to hold on to or if we've made something up on the fly which i think is really cool um uh, that will be a bit of my debrief after a session is to is to write that down in real simple format um what I found with this is that I got the idea that I wanted to, you know, expand on something, and I just I just hand wrote a bunch of dot points about what sort of things I would want players to be able to do, um, and then and then started fleshing it out. And I've done that with other with, with another adventure that I wrote, which is on the DM's Guild as well, which was actually a an adventure that I prepped for uh, for a party that went really really well, and I was like, huh, I might. I might actually expand on that, and you know, and my my DMing prep. What is it? Plug it. Oh, uh, that is um, Court of the Cross Keys, uh, which is a level two to four adventure. Uh, essentially, a toffee noble has been 
kidnapped and you, depending on what sort of party you have, you're either the adventurers there to save them or you're hired by another criminal organization to kidnap the kidnapped uh, and get your own ransom. Um, Isn't that always the way? There's, if, whenever there's a noble, whenever there's a noble, they're either going to get kidnapped or they're going to hire somebody else to do some kidnapping. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, <laughs> and it's it's more it's more of an, an event based thing. So they sort of rock up at the at the tavern, and over the course of the night, different events happen, which sort of ratchet up tension, uh, ultimately leading into a giant fray that can't be won by combat. A really interesting sort of notion that still after all these additions and after all the different incarnations of the game all the different sort of tabletop rpgs that you can still sit down and i'm gonna sort of bring it round now to the piece that you worked on specifically the downtime crime revisited that there's still things that there aren't really written down rules for like trying to do a handoff in public i'm looking at the material now mm. and you know rolling for hey if you get a 20 plus everything's fine and he buys double of what you've got but if it's a one to five then you get caught oh god peelers was it difficult to like find stuff that hadn't been put down because a lot of tashes is that it's it seems to be rules for stuff that's never been put down for whatever reason uh a little bit um i just kind of went with it i mean to be honest i don't know if this has been done i don't think it has i did i did um i did look for you know uh criminal stuff um, and I couldn't find much. <laughs> uh, I know that uh, Matt Colville's next book has got organisations in that which may have criminal organisations. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, it's... it's. I, I really just found out it was stuff that I was using in my games quite a bit. Um, especially, like, you always have a rogue that wants to... Anyone that's got a shifty... Any character that's got a shifty background, they're like, well, I want to offload this somehow and you know that the uh i think it's in xanathar's the expanded uh downtime activities and one of them is just crime and it says you do crime do a crime get (laughs) (laughs) get 200 gold pieces it's kind of like the old sherlock holmes books where it's like they scuffle and then in the movies later on it's like uh, this whole thing has been hung on it With that, and and part of the um, the extrapolation and the thing that I really like about it is obviously in Xanathar's Guide it, it is the element of you do crime, but what it doesn't give you, or it gives you a very brief overview in Xanathar's Guide, which you have delved into quite nicely, is the time. Do the crime, serve the time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, which is you know a, a, a slogan I tend to shout at strangers anyway. Um, <laughs> but this is by far and and obviously the entire um, document and everything that's in this goes into every other area that you see within Tasha's but this element here that I this is the bit that I really liked um, not only because we're seeing something where uh, cause and effect right in your games yeah. and and it's about that real world interaction and it's what it does do and it stops is that murder hobo style of play right mm-hmm. um, now there's some stuff in here where especially as it's not necessarily a bad thing getting into that prison there's one of these elements that you've even put in here which is very very nice around um, like you make friends with a fellow criminal or a 
a, a criminal mastermind um, mm. sort of person, which works really nicely back to... Do you remember when we were having a conversation in our group patrons episode around the criminal you know guild leader who can't do the yeah. crimes and this is the reason why he's sending you off and why he's hired you guys because he can't do it this all links in together and that's a theme that i think we see throughout the entire document is the content in here also feeds nicely off um tashes as well so crucible and cauldron believe it or not mixed together make some sort of alchemical 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 you got entirely too cocky then I did didn't I <laughs> uh, I just saw I saw the metaphor and I was like oh my gosh I can run I can run um, it makes an alchemical magic happen that well basically we, it's a lot of the time we only find in D&D uh, these days which is wonderful to see um, with that in mind and obviously I'm sure you've you've gone through the document and everything and, you're, and you know your content what other elements in here do we see feeding off the original um book point that gives us that sort of interaction as far as you're concerned Stuart and obviously you can just say your own stuff but if there are other elements in there and there are other obviously the other writers and the other people that you worked with what are those points that you think that people if they look at this should spend some time getting to the nitty-gritty of it Okay, well, this was made before Tasha's was released. So we, a Andrew's idea was like, okay, we really? know. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, so Tasha was, they had done a lot of research on who Tasha is, uh, as much as could be done, um, and went with the themes that connect to her as a character, um, hoping that a lot of the stuff that we do wouldn't appear then in the book. And I think in the end... Sorry, just, just to interject, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. It marries up <laughs> so well. Yeah. Seriously, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go on in a minute. That has really taken me from the side. That It marries up so well as two halves of the same coin. Sorry, Stuart, I'll, I'll continue to stroke your ego later in the show. That is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, I, and I think, I think that's why... Uh, a lot of the, like a lot of the subclasses are a little bit, a lot of them are not, um, how would I put this? They're not good aligned subclasses often. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some that are, but like uh, the, the idea being that, you know, Tasha's this wizard that has a, a, a dealings with demons and is a demonologist and wrote a book on demonology and uh so whilst they're all not connected to demons they're also not all connected to um angels <laughs> for, for lack of a better terminology um so it was really this uh, juggling point and i don't think in the end when in fact i think we released this book one week before tashes so we didn't actually know what was in there um and I think by luck, uh, nothing was a crossover, um, which was excellent. Um, and some of the, and like you said, like as you're saying, a lot of this stuff just marries up really well. And, and I think it's because a lot of it was th thematic based, you know, like uh, some of the some of the subclasses, like the artificer subclass, the effigist, you know, that's that's a particularly mm -hmm. nasty little 
artificer, you know. <laughs> I really like the um, what was the fighter subclass that has the dirty fighting. Yeah, the scrapper. To it. The scrapper. The is... scrapper. Go for the eyes and like sweep the leg and all that shit. I thought that was really, really fun. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, that's actually probably one of my favourite fighter ones as well. Um, I really liked that um, that connected there, and you know, just like his level eighteen. Uh, feature is sucker punch. <laughs> no, yeah, just, just not a nice. <laughs> Look thing. over there, wallop. <laughs> I think that's quite interesting as well. You mentioned that it was thematic because, like a lot of expanded D and D texts or just D and D texts in general, even if you don't want to maybe bring the crime downtime into your game as a DM, if you're reading this as a player, a lot of this serves as really nice jump-off points for backgrounds backstories mm. that kind of thing mm. yeah exactly well th th so the infamy stuff actually came about through the D I run a D&D &D club at the high school that I work at and awesome you have a lot of kids playing D&D &D for the first time coming from a uh, strong video game background where there is not a lot of consequence for actions um, so to curb the murder hobo aspect of teenage kids i was like okay yep. cool well you know you can do that and, and, and i didn't i didn't create like a downtime crime revisited and give it to the students but i was like um you know if you there's certain acts you know if you're going to murder someone in town there's going to be like and then people saw you do it like they're going to come after you if you're going to steal things from a house and try and sell it at the shop in the same town then people are going to notice these sorts of things yeah it's like having your bike stolen and seeing it up on ebay two days later yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's just annoying no i am um, i really liked i think it's a really good expansion on an expansion um i, I again going back to it i cannot believe it came out before tashes it, it it not only does it marry up so well it it also looks very very similar in yeah. terms of not like artwork and tone but it, it looks as in the way it's broken out we open with i think we open with the, the subclasses then we move through to some wondrous items then we move through to downtime and expansion it's a real achievement to to get it like before it came out that just blew my mind yeah yeah it's cool I, so the other thing is working on this because we all worked individually and then came together on certain aspects I didn't actually see the finished product until uh, I don't think I saw the finished product until it was released. So I I had an idea of what some of the things that were in there. Like I'd seen them on spreadsheets and, and had a read of things. And you know there were ten different aspects that I looked at. Um, but it was like fantastic to see it finished um, and. How, how, just how much of it there was, you know, it ended up, you know, almost a hundred pages. Big old document, yeah. And I th and I think I think volume two is even more. I think volume two's uh, 110 or something, 120. That's um, that that has a lot more monsters and um, I think magic items again. Oh, that'd be um, cool. And NPCs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that that connects really well. Like, I've got a bunch of um, uh, criminal NPCs in that one that connects to downtown crime. Uh, where do you draw like your inspiration from, I guess? I'm always curious like what, as a DM or a player or as a creator, where do you pull your influence from? Uh, this is gonna sound, this is gonna sound weird, but a, 
a lot of it comes from life experience. Not that I'm a criminal, but um, I. Yeah, sure, man. <laughs> whatever. Wink, wink. I, you know, I, I grew up in a bit of a, a, a rough part of the town I was from, so there was there was stuff around me that was happening which I didn't really notice until I was a teenager, and then took an interest in it, and, and I was interested in in true crime and uh, you know. Scorsese films and stuff like that. I think it's really great to have those rules so that people mm. can do it. And again, linking back to you saying you're playing with the, the kids, it's a really interesting way of educating them in a fun way that, hey, this shit yeah. goes on and this shit happens, so yeah. be ready now. And like, I know? probably wouldn't give them the rules for, you know, street level dealing or anything like that, but like, you know, <laughs> when yeah. the, you need to run with the balls a little bit, Stuart. <laughs> but I definitely uh, think it's important that their consequences exist because quite often in, in a lot of games, consequences don't exist, um, which I find really mm. bizarre sometimes playing video games. And I'm like, oh, I'm allowed to just go and punch this person and no one, <laughs> no one in here is getting upset about it, you know, um, or stealing things like just stealing stuff in video games um, what I've been playing recently the, the Skyrim bucket head thing that's that's always a thing that's, that's drove that's me a, a classic you know the fact you can you can chuck a bucket on someone's head and then just be like yeah I'll just take everything yeah. take it off and they go oh yeah no worries yeah exactly sort of a- exactly it's a weird thing that like I think a lot of people say like video games make kids violent or whatever I don't think that's necessarily Not true but I think what it does do is knock it no I think what it think what I think it does is inoculate them to real-world consequences. Mm. And I think they're two very similar things, but actually they're worlds apart in terms of outcome. Yeah. Um, I, w- yeah, well, now we're, now we're getting into some real uh, deep society <laughs> elements this here. This is starter set real chat. You've joined <laughs> us right on the hour. Um, with... Listen. Let, let's with that. Let's uh, let's l- seek to like just close this out a little bit. Um, and I'm gonna try and bring it back with a little bit of levity. I know you're a DM yeah. typically, but when you get to play, uh, what's your go-to race class combo? Who? What? What Ooh, gets you good going? Question. Man? I really. I think my favourite class is a cleric, um, and I like clerics that are. So I've got a, a favourite character called Sakia Stormthorn, who is a, a half-elf ex-pirate cleric of Umberley, Tempest cleric, um, who was uh, a criminal uh, pirate, but was um, almost died and was saved by Umberley, and has is now a, not a servant but a, a follower of Umberley and. But sort of begrudgingly, like isn't happy about it, uh, sort of thought their time had come and then they were sort of, you know, brought back to life essentially. Um, so they get around with a trident and a bad attitude um, and, you know, spread the word of the bitch queen, which is cool. Nice. That's there's, fucking awesome. Yeah. There's like four brilliant album names in those <laughs> statements that you just said there. <laughs> here's, here's a funny thing. Era, um, Ed also plays a uh, cleric in the campaign that I DM. Yeah. Stuart, just remind us of your cleric's name, and then Ed, you tell <laughs> us your cleric's name. So, Stuart, you go first. Sakia <laughs> Stormthorn. Ed, what's your cleric called? Yeah, my cleric is called Eric the Cleric. <laughs> there you go. 
That's his name, Eric T. Cleric. He's a police officer in my world. I have to keep saying that. <laughs> Eric T. Cleric. Excellent. He's a, he's a good time. He's a good time. Yeah. Final question, Stuart. Final question. Do you think Advantage should stack? Oh, do I think Advantage should stack? No, because you get an advantage of everything. What? Well, I just think it's well, advantage well, is so easy to come by. It's um, it's it's bargain buster advantage in fifth edition. You know, um, I'm sorry. You look so disappointed. I'm <laughs> really sorry. I just thought we were. I thought I was going to open a bag of cats there. You just shot me down. Uh, yeah. I believe it's it's in the document, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. All right, listen, let's uh, <laughs> let's round it out. Stuart, thank you so much for your time. No worries. Um, Cheers, undoubtedly, when Volume 2 comes out, we may catch up again and see how that all looks. Yeah, for sure. I would really like to do that. Yeah. Excellent. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much, and we will uh, speak to you, hopefully on the show, very soon. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. It's been awesome. Excellent. What a wonderful guest, Sam. I really like that. I had so much fun recording that. Obviously, making it work because he's in Australia, we're not. Um, was really easy. It was a lot of fun. And we I really recommend, we're going to link to it in the show notes. Pick it up. Tasha's Crucible of Everything Else. It's really fun and super useful for DMs and players. That it is. Right. And with that, hey, man, let's bring the show, first show of the new year, to a close. 101. New year. Boom. As always, ladies and gentlemen, you have been our listeners. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Something a little bit different for you guys this week. But hey, uh, if it goes well, we may see Stuart again in a few more weeks to talk about um, Volume 2, which would be certainly interesting to have a little gander at. Yeah, definitely. Roll well, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Do you know what... Happy New Year is in Gangonic. Oh, I actually don't, surprisingly, because it's a made-up language. Gangi, gangi, gangi. Brilliant. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amaran. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from.